Episode 14. Do you have an epic fishing story to tell? We want to hear it. Go to tell.fish slash guest in your browser and sign up to become a fishing legend today. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Okay, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Hunter Goodrich. Hunter, welcome. Thank you. Well, it's nice to uh, finally get to talk to you about some of your uh, adventures. Hunter's a good friend of my son, Jeff, but uh, I know from, from talking with Jeff that you've done a lot of fishing. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about how you got started fishing and you know, how, how you got into it? Well, I've been fishing all my life. Definitely some of my favorite memories are when me and my dad would just go out to our lake and fish with bread balls and just catch brim. Mm-hmm. And we'd have a little fishing competitions and then now I'd get into the bass and we'd compete still. And then as I, and he would always take me saltwater fishing too and in the rivers and he was always really invested into me with fishing. And so that really helped. Yeah, and so did, foundation did, did you, you, you grew up here in Orlando, in the Orlando yep. area, right? Okay, and so you, saltwater fishing was where? East Coast, mostly, like, as for flats fishing, it was Mosquito Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad grew up on the coast, and so we'd sometimes fish his old childhood canals as well. They okay. On. And then we would go out Port Canaveral plenty of times as well. So off, offshore fishing? Offshore. Port Canaveral, mm-hmm. right? So in the canals and things you used to fish, would you catch little tarpon and yeah. other stuff like that? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'd landed several like foot long ones, and then uh, I hooked up with a three footer, and that was quite the show in the tiny <laughs> little canal. It was oh, jumping yeah. all over the place, and it ended up darting to some mangroves, and my line got all tangled up, and it broke off. They're good like that, aren't they? Oh yeah. So were you just fishing in there with light tackle, light spin tackle kind oh, yeah, of stuff? Oh, yeah, Not expecting the three-foot tarpon. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so some of the other saltwater fish you'd catch doing that kind of fishing? Uh, redfish and trout in okay. those canals and then black drum and snook and outside of that and whatnot. Right. Yeah. And then, so how old were you when you started going out offshore fishing out of Port Canaveral? We've been doing that for a while. Uh, I was definitely... Too young to ever help my dad with much, but <laughs> probably seven or eight years old. Wow. Yeah, my my kids are plenty old enough to help me with stuff, but they still don't, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. My dad would say the same, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so grew up, and you got to do a lot of different types of fishing then. Freshwater, saltwater, inshore, and offshore then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. And continued to fish up until, I guess, just recently here when you went off to college. Tell us where, where you are now and what you're studying. Uh, right now, I'm attending Auburn University, mm-hmm. uh, pursuing industrial engineering. Oh, okay. And I actually don't bring a pole up with me to college. <laughs> but while I'm up there not fishing, it really builds up a, a craving for when I get back to Florida. Oh, and absolutely. And I hit it hard. I bet so. So we're we're recording this on the uh, summer break, 
between mm -hmm. uh, your first and second years, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Very good. So are you anxious to get back to it or? Yeah, I am. I'm looking forward to okay. it. Okay. I mean, I enjoy my time back in Florida and definitely fish as much as I can. Right. But yeah. Got to get back to it sometime, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, before we hop into your most epic uh, fishing day ever, you have a, another, I guess we would call it fishing or maybe boating related hobby that's uh, pretty unique. Um, sure. You, I, I might uh, dub you the Lord of the Jet John. Uh, tell, <laughs> tell people about what you've done with, with this interesting watercraft. Yes. So um, a little passion of mine is I'll I'll build jet-powered aluminum boats that can go up further rivers than I ever could before. Mm -hmm. And I guess what started it is I used to have a GNU with mm -hmm. a little four horsepower outboard. And I'd go on these rivers that were probably too loggy for me to be on, really. <laughs> but I, I would do them. I love the hard navigation of them. But Right. Now, so you, you really couldn't jump the logs or no, anything. No, I had like to that. take it very slow and mm -hmm. easy. And then even, let's see here, one time I hit a log and it stripped the lower unit gears in that little outboard. And then the same moment, it actually ripped the whole outboard off of the transom. <laughs> I had a little rope that tied it to the transom that held it to the boat, but it did end up flipping completely upside down and submerging. So we had a my dad drained all the oil out of it and whatnot, and it ended up running again. Was it was that a long paddle back after the motor got dunked and turned no, upside down? No, I was actually coming right back to the ramp, and then my dad was supposed to pick me up there. Oh, okay. I put in at another spot, and but he hadn't arrived there, so I went well, a half mile past <laughs> the ramp, and that's when I collided with the log. That's so. when it happened. Yeah, that, then it was a paddle. So from GNU, uh, outboard powered GNU, you graduated to uh, Jet John number one. Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. Well, I was so sick of hitting logs with the outboards and whatnot that I knew that if I wanted to keep on going on these rivers, I needed to do something different. So then I thought of the idea of putting a jet drive in a John boat. <laughs> Had you and, seen anybody do that before? Or? Uh, I thought of the idea on my own, and then I did go to YouTube to see if anybody else had done it. Mm -hmm. And there were people doing it. And so I watched plenty of videos and, and collected a lot of key points that I wanted to put into my design. And then I also included some of my own custom work into it. And so then Jet John 1 was born. <laughs> and that was a great boat. It was a 14-footer with a 50-horsepower Yamaha jet. Mm -hmm. And I was able to go up rivers further and much less stress-free right. than ever before. But I take it that just wasn't enough, was and it? No, it ended up not being. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to go even faster and further. Of course, yes. So, I built a 12-footer and put a bigger motor in that, and I did Jet John 1. <laughs> and that one was, that, that, I still have that boat, and that's a blast. It's just a two-seater, but it can handle quite a bit of adventure and has been some crazy places. And so, so did, did we stop with Jet John 2? or No, nope, kept going after that. <laughs> okay. So let's see here. Last summer, we ended up taking Jet John 1 to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Because we go scalloping each year, and we, my uncle has a bigger boat that we all go out in. Mm -hmm. But in the mornings, we wanted to get in the shallow flats. Right. And so I had the jet john laying around, so we tow my uncle's boat, but then he would tow the jet john behind his SUV. Right. And so 
We took Jet John 1 on the flats and it handled really well because we were able to run like 10 feet from the shore. So, <laughs> so it was like six inches out. of water? Yeah, sure. Nothing. Uh -huh. Yep. Also, where we would actually fish, the flats were actually really rocky and that mm. made a great environment for fish. But it, it, an outboard motor would not have liked it. No. Certainly yeah. not. With the jet drive and the flat bottom, we were able to skim right over anything and really get to some cool fishing spots. Awesome. So, because that worked so well, we ended up, that upcoming Christmas, when I was home for Christmas break, we built a third Jet John, and my dad got on board with this one, and we built a Jet John specifically for the flats. Okay. So that was, it was a 15-footer, it was a bit wider, and a better fishing platform, mm -hmm. with an 80-horsepower motor, and a pulling platform, and all the little features to make a nice little flat setup. Right, and that one's up and running now? Yep, running good. We're about to take it scalloping again this year, Excellent. in the next week. Very good. But there's a fourth one. Have you heard about that one? I, I, I heard rumors. Yes. <laughs> so what's, what's number four got? Uh, it's got the same engine as Jejon 2, which is 63 horsepower, but it's an eight-foot boat. <laughs> Eight-footer. <laughs> is this like a sprint car, but for a... <laughs> pretty much. Uh, oh. It's got a welded aluminum hull, and the, hull, the sides of the boat is like eight inches tall but it's fully decked over mm -hmm. and everything but the engine is foam filled and everything's sealed up so it can you can go like it can submerge like submarine and pop out and <laughs> not take on any water but so I, I did just take it on its first river trip uh two days ago and mm -hmm. it handled well when we get back hunter is going to share an epic fishing story from the florida keys stay tuned if high-end optics aren't in your budget, or if you go through sunglasses like dough balls on a brim hook, there's a great option out there that's easy on the wallet. With many different styles of frames and lens options at very affordable prices, there is no excuse to be fishing blind. Go to tell.fish slash gear in your web browser to check out this line of budget optics that we really like. Okay, we are back with Hunter, and we are now going to shift back into fishing mode, and you're going to set the stage for us on a tarpon adventure, right? Yes. So, about two years ago, we had gone on a family vacation to the Florida Keys. Mm -hmm. uh, we were staying near Big Pine Key, and we would go snorkel in the day and whatnot, but every afternoon we would come back and fish this nearby channel. And it went from like six foot deep to like 25 foot deep very okay. quickly. So it was a real interesting feature. Right, right. And was it, was it kind of out on the flats or back in? It was. In between the islands. Between the islands. Okay. Yeah. Just a deep cut. So it was a nice, it, it was sort of a natural passageway for fish. Yeah, yeah. funnel. Yeah. So, and we've been seeing tarpon rolling. And so we would drift that, drift that. The first couple of days trying it out, we didn't get any tarpon action. Mm -hmm. I think we hooked like a barracuda and whatnot, but yeah. nothing super exciting. But then on the third or fourth day, I was fishing on the front of the boat with a live pinfish. Mm -hmm. And fishing was slow going. And I had put my pole down up against the bow rail. And I opened <laughs> Always up my a bail. recipe for a big yeah. fish, isn't it? <laughs> I opened up the bail. And I turned around to go get some Cheeto puffs or something. Mm -hmm. Right. I was hungry. But 
Anyways, right as I leave my pool, this enormous tarpon like jumped straight out of the water, like 40 feet off the front of the boat, oh right goodness. where my bait was. And so I rushed back and grabbed my pole, closed the bail, and then I'm locked in. Oh wow. And it must have been an experienced tarpon or something where it like felt the line tickle him or something. So, okay, I was jump. gonna ask, so that you, that's what you think it was, that he just felt the line a little bit? I or? don't really know, because the bail was open and there really wasn't any tension on it, him. So it wasn't that he was skyrocketing on the bait, just trying to I don't grab believe it and get so. It. Okay, not like a kingfish or Nah, I mean like it was that. a pretty, It'd be a pretty impressive feeding <laughs> if he really did that. Wow. But, um, so yeah, locked in. He does his initial jump, does a sprint, does his other jump, and he's just pulling line. And so we, I forget if we were anchored or if we were just drifting, but anyways, we got situated and yeah. we're got the chasing. motors going. Yeah. So, so we had to, he started following this fish and it was running and jumping and oh and and in the meantime there was this big storm coming in no, we were actually just about to uh pack everything up to head in but then i <laughs> hooked he, up he really was an experienced tarpon wasn't he yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he wasn't helping us out much no but so yeah we we're following this thing all through channel and even in the nearby flats and whatnot and it it would like dive under the boat and I would have to like lunge over the side of the boat, boat oh, and yeah. like stick my whole pole in the water to keep him free of the engines and the bottom of the boat. And he would like go around the engines. My dad would have to shut them off real quick and uh, trim them up. Trim them up, right. We're, we're in a 25 foot offshore center console. Okay, so maybe engines. a little tough in tight quarters there. Yeah, my mom and sister were there doing their best to stay out of the way, but also trying to video. Right. So yeah, it ended up being an hour and 45 minutes to bring it in. And now, now, did he get out into the open water at any point or were you still kind of within the islands? And we're, we're still there? enclosed okay. in the islands and we, we were just following it wherever it went, but it did a bunch of circles and mm -hmm. you should have seen the GPS after we were done with the Cricket Crumbs <laughs> Trail. Yeah. Looked like so, spaghetti, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and it ended up taking us, the fight took us into the night. Wow. And it did not did the storm. The get storm you? must have like split around us or something because we didn't get hit. I don't even have a memory of that. I was so focused on the fish. Oh yeah. So uh, what what kind of uh, tackle were you using? I mean, were you were you ready for this kind of fish? I mean, obviously yeah. you landed it, but yeah, we were prepared. We we're seeking out that fish. Okay, so you you uh, were geared we're, up. You had yeah, you had big tackle. a big spinning reel, big circle hook. Big like 80, so 80, 100 pound uh, was, liter or something? It was 50 pound fluorocarbon actually. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, because it's a little bit harder for them to see, so right. it can help you with hookups, but... But, but the, you got to be careful with how yeah. much heat you're putting on them. Yeah. So how what was the uh, the final tally on the fish? Did you kind of get an estimate of length and weight and girth and all that stuff? Or uh, It was about six feet long. Okay. And there's a, another boater nearby who's a local, mm -hmm. and he went ahead and estimated the fish at about 130 pounds. Wow. So, wow. definitely a catch of a lifetime. Heck yeah. And, and they get even bigger than that. I mean, sure. I can't even imagine what a 200-pound yeah. class tarpon is like. I think the ones that I've wrestled with have been in the you know 75 80 pound range and that was a handful in and of itself and that was out in open water so i can't even imagine you know being in a tight channel and 
having a big boat and small quarters. That must have yeah, been. Yeah, that, that fish was pulling me all around the boat. Oh, wow. So. That was pretty epic. So a lot of, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, once you catch a tarpon, you're spoiled. That that's the most epic thing. Do you, do you feel that way? I mean, you've caught a bunch of different fish. Well, it was definitely the best fight of my life. And we did go to the Keys again uh, earlier this summer and fished that cha same channel, but didn't get any more hookups. He, he, so. wasn't, he wasn't waiting for you, huh? No. So <laughs> it was definitely quite the privilege to hook up and land that fish as well. Absolutely. So were you able to get any, I, you're not allowed to lift them out of the water now, but I mean, I don't know. We actually did have the permit to lift them. Mm -hmm. And so we, we pull them out of the boat and my dad and I manhandled them for a nice picture. Oh, awesome. So quickly good released pictures, them, but huh? yeah, some good pictures. Excellent. So. Well, we'll, we'll repost that here with this, with this episode, cause I'm sure people are going to want to see that, but you, you still love all types of fishing, not uh, spoiled and tarpon only now. Nah, I mean, some, some of my favorite fishing is honestly the smaller stuff, like yeah. on the flats, it's a real hot pursuit of tailing reds. That's right. some, that's some of my favorite there. Well, I'm, I'm with you. My favorite fish is the one I'm just about to catch. So yeah. whatever one that is. So yep. anyway, well, that's a pretty epic, uh, tarpon story. I know there's a lot of good ones that come out of the keys, but, uh, that, that one's second to none. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing it with us. Thanks, no problem. Enjoy my time. All right, Thank man. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. We really appreciate you. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show so that you don't miss an episode and to help make sure that others don't miss the boat. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.